Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I am joined by Brian Joyner and Matt Collins of Over the Monster. You can find these two gentlemen on Twitter at, at Brian Joyner, Brian with a Y, Joyner with an I, and Matt R.Y. Collins on Twitter. Uh, and you can find myself, too, at, at Dev Jake. But welcome back to the podcast after a little bit of a one-week hiatus. Uh, spring training is still going on, and the Red Sox are currently... Uh, 16 and 8 in spring training games. So take that for what it's worth. How are you guys? Good. Eight in a row for the Red Sox. By the time anyone listens to this, we'll all be covered in snow. So right now I'm fine. You know what's kind of funny about this is uh, if you look at the standings right now in the American League for spring training stats, it's Houston, Boston, Cleveland, who all have the best records there. And you don't exactly expect... Uh, the teams who are expecting to contend uh, to kind of be the best spring training teams. So it, it's a little interesting that it's shaken out that way. And it looks kind of similar uh, in the National League with Milwaukee and Chicago at the top. I wonder just a little bit if it just reflects serious talent disparities uh, among these teams, but also sort of the geographical distribution of teams and schedules because the Red Sox have been playing a lot of short split squad games against National League teams where they've been using the DH and the National League team hasn't. Mm. So, so all that skews it a little bit. Um, but I'm just more than ready for the season to start because they started spring training earlier and watching it for um, – a long time. It seems like it's time for baseball. Only one more week. We're almost the. One more week till opening day. That is a that is a nice statement right there. Um, but Brian, you've already lost uh, Justin Turner in one of our fantasy leagues, so you probably hate spring ball right about now. Um. Not not thrilled. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's I'm injuries happen. Hand injuries I don't like. Beyond injuries happen. Yeah, that's for sure. You don't have to tell any Red Sox fans who love Nomar that wrist and hand injuries suck. So um, let's get to the actual Red Sox roster, though, here, because there are a few things that still need to be decided before opening day comes. And these things need to be decided within the week. So um, probably the biggest remaining roster question is something that Matt has written about on Over the Monster a few times, and that's uh, Devin Marrero or Brock Holt uh, being on the team. Um, Both of these guys seem to have some value. If Marrero or Holt was to be put on waivers, they would probably be claimed. Um, Marrero's got the better glove. Holt's got the better bat. Uh, For what it's worth, their spring training stats so far, Holt is batting 308, 438, 385. That's his slash line, and Marrero has been batting a very anemic 209, 261, 302. Um, what should happen, guys, and what will happen with this situation? Matt, I'm going to go to you first. I think Marrero's gone. Um, I don't know. I've been saying since pretty much the start of spring training, I don't really have a good reason for why I keep saying that, except that it just doesn't feel like they're going to keep Devin Marrero over Brock Holt. And now it seems like one of them is going to be traded rather than just optioning Holt. So if that's the case, then I definitely think they're going to get rid of Marrero. Um, as far as what I do, uh, 
I was on the Marrero train for a while just because you could option hold and you could have all three, but I mean, just Marrero can't hit at all. And I know his glove is good, but I, I just can't, I don't want to keep that. I, I think I'd keep hold too. Interesting. Interesting reversal on your half because it, it does I've reversed seem, like 10 times. It, it definitely does look like this roster would be better off with Marrero as a defensive replacement late in games. What say you, Brian? I agree with Matt. And I think the reason is that if we let the 2004 Red Sox be our guide, as we should in all things, especially except for maybe anabolic steroid use. Hey, I'm just saying. Um, is I'm, that I'm doing a cycle right now. Sorry. Yeah. Is that um, you can get glove-only guys when you need to get them. They're always going to be available. Uh, so the advantage on offense that Brock Holt presents, I'm guessing, and, uh, and you know, he has more versatility uh, than Marrero is probably something that's not as easy to, even with Blake Swihart in the mix, who seems to be overlapping a lot uh, with Holt, maybe not, maybe not a ton, but uh, overlapping in the utility role. So you can always, the issue with that is you can always get someone uh, with a glove if you need it. So you can get rid of Marrero harder to find the other guys. And they have that glove guy in the system, too, and with uh, Lynn. So they wouldn't even have to go on waivers or anything. They have them readily available. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And it, it, I think that it, what it comes down to, right, is what the offers are on the table for either of these two guys. Because I think you guys make a compelling argument for Holt, and I certainly feel like Marrero is the better actual fit for the roster right now. Because, to be honest, even though Marrero's bat sucks, I don't have any faith in Holt's bat at this point either. It's not like he's tearing it up in the spring. He's batting 308, but it's a super shallow 308 at this point. I know it's a lot better than what Marrero's doing, but um, I guess I, I value the glove a little bit more. But I think you make a good point that Su, Su Wei Lin is right behind him. So, you know, it's it's not like this would be a massive loss. But, I mean, what do you think these guys can actually get for one of these two players on the trade market right now? I guess would be almost nothing, but it's still better than nothing. Yeah, like cash considerations or a player to be named later. I would be surprised if they got more than that, especially for Marrero. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a very minor trade if it happens, but expect it to happen soon. I mean something's gotta give, so um all right, so as we wait for that roster battle, I guess the Blake Swihart thing is pretty well wrapped up. I can't go a show without not mentioning Blake Swihart. So, I mean, are we both, I mean, are we all three convinced that Blake's going to be on the team? Yeah, there's no way he won't be. Yeah, 100%. Okay, good. I'm glad you came over the dark side. All right, so injury I'm update. glad you admit that it's the dark side. <laughs> of course, I'm always on the dark side. Uh, where do the Red Sox stand in terms of pitcher injuries? Matt, I know you've written a little bit about this. Um, you know, we've got Pomerantz down, Wright and Eddie Rodriguez. We're not sure when they're going to be back. Um, how is this going to affect the opening day rotation? So things are looking weirdly good right now. Um, 
Rodriguez pitched in a minor league game today. The results weren't great, but he said he felt good. And he thinks that there's a chance he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Stephen Wright said the same thing after his last bullpen. He's going to throw another one. Um, and Pomerantz is saying the same thing. So I tend to think that none of them are going to be ready for the start of the season just because there's no reason for the Red Sox to push them. Um, but, I mean, this is all pretty positive, and it seems like all three of them could theoretically be back within a couple weeks of opening day, which is a lot better than I was expecting a couple weeks ago. Ryan, what do my you think? My question, and I guess it's a question for Matt just in this context, is Stephen Wright guaranteed to be in the rotation when he's healthy? No, not if the other two are. But I think um, because I, I saw I saw a headline on RedSox.com and it said right uh, right hoping to make opening day rotation and my my reaction was well I am too I mean I I would love to be in rotation but uh, <laughs> it it presented it as a fait accompli and I thought you know for whatever reason with the way Brian Johnson with the, I. I I sort of get the a, a, Brian, a Brock Holt-esque feel, feel with Brian Johnson and how the organization views him. Um, also, Stephen Wright, in addition to everything else last year, was not good whatsoever. It's um, an understatement. So I don't know how thrilled I am about uh, Stephen Wright anymore. I don't know. Do you guys think that there's a chance that he becomes a regular starter, I guess. Um, Someone else gets hurt. Yeah, I would think so. Well, I, I think there is some reason to be excited about what Brian Johnson's doing this spring. And, and granted, we take spring training stats with a grain of salt, but over 11 innings so far, he's had a 245 ERA and has looked very, very sharp in the amount of time that he's been out there. He's got, you know, a bunch of strikeouts, um, not walking anybody, which is a trademark of his when he's actually going pretty well. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by the whole Brian Johnson thing, and we know how much Dave Dombrowski loves lefties. So if he's pitching well, I think it would take kind of a lot for Wright to displace him. You know, I, I think, uh, just quick note, I, I think that we say spring training doesn't matter, and certainly the stats, the core – there's not correlation, but the sense in, it obviously matters in some senses. And I guess the one sense in this case is like just showing up does matter because you can, even if there's no correlation to how you do from one to the other, um, you make your own luck in a sense. And, and this is a chance to make your own luck. And, uh, and I think that if anyone has done it, he has. Yeah, I think um, unless Brian Johnson throws, like, lights out before Wright gets back, Wright's going to take his spot in the rotation. Um, it's just when in doubt, it always goes to the veteran. And <clears throat> Wright's shown that he can be really good in the majors. He made the All-Star team a couple of years ago, and that was probably fluky, but... He's been average to above average for most of his time in the majors. Um, 
when that knuckleball is moving, he can be really good. So I don't know if I would bet on him staying in the rotation all year. Um, if everyone's healthy, he's not in the rotation. But between him and Johnson at the start of the season, I would definitely lean towards right. You know, I can tell you that the uh, the only people probably hoping for uh, Wright not to be in the rotation are myself and the Red Sox catchers. Uh, yeah, catching a knuckleball is not fun. But watching a knuckleball is very fun. So yeah. I want Wright to be in the rotation. When it's moving correctly. Yes. Well, J- Jake, <laughs> I will, not, I will say this. It's hard for even the best catchers to catch, but one of the, I guess... Last year's team being everything, uh, the anti-historical Red Sox team in almost every sense, um, having two good defensive catchers and stealing a lot of bases, but we have good defensive catchers. So um, that has really nothing to do with the knuckleball. I'm just, I just still like it. That's it. So you admit Blake Swihart's an excellent defensive catcher. Moving oh, on. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Good talking to you guys. I know. <laughs> All right. So um, there is a chance, though, that some of these guys aren't going to be actually ready. Even though all signs are pointing in a good direction right now, there is a chance that uh, Hector Velasquez could also be involved in this situation. And he has had the opposite type of spring as Brian Johnson. So, I mean, how much do you think he'll pitch? Do you think that someone else might get that spot because he's performed poorly? Let's talk about worst case scenarios in, in, in this situation. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anybody really pushing for Velasquez's spot. Um, if you really want to look hard for somebody to do it, it'd be Justin Haley. Um, it's kind of somebody nobody talks about as part of the rotation depth but he's been pretty good this spring and he was a rule five pick last year stuck with the twins for half the year and looked all right but um even with his strong spring i don't think there's any chance he would uh, get the nod over velasquez so there's no chance elias goes back to the rotation at this point uh i would be surprised okay he has had a really good spring though he has he had a really bad outing the other day though I forget when, but it was it was uh, right after I wrote something very nice about him, oh. and then he went out and like imploded. So that was about right. Why'd you have to do that, Matt? I know it happens. I have a very exciting bullpen guy to ask you about, but I'm gonna wait until we get to the <laughs> bullpen here. Yay! <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the things that's definitely intriguing to us is the idea that the Red Sox and Yankees might play a two-game set in England next year. Um, I think that's pretty amazing, pretty cool, uh, and definitely something that uh, Brian and I are excited about because both of us have appeared on a British Red Sox podcast called Brit Sox and Nerds, so a little shout out to those guys, but it's pretty cool that baseball is finally getting in on this international thing and going overseas. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. They've done that. They've had season openers in Japan. They've had them in Australia. Uh, They just haven't done it in Europe. Right. It's, uh, it's nice to see Europe get into it, though, right? But Jake, easy. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm I, excited, not because I was on the podcast, but because I very much like to go. Yes, I'm with you there. I, I think I will make a strong effort to uh, get over there if uh, if this actually does go down. Matt, what I about... I mean, it's, it sounds like it's happening. They're, they're pretty much announcing it already. 
Well, I mean, they they already have a team over there, right? The Red Sox have the t- Tom uh, Warner and those guys. They own Liverpool, right? Yes, but yeah, they will they will not play the game in Liverpool. It's also right before they're bringing baseball back to the Olympics, so it's kind of good timing for baseball. Brian, by the way, they wouldn't be playing at Liverpool; they'd be playing at Anfield. Really? That's Liverpool Stadium. No, I but I mean in Liverpool. It's a, uh, okay. The city. Yeah, no, I'm aware that's the city. I thought you were talking about the actual <laughs> venue. Yeah, I don't know what venue would be. Yeah, I think I forget. I saw it, but I don't feel like looking it up. Good podcast content. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on this England thing? Yeah, send me a postcard when you guys go. If we go, I will not be there. <laughs> we'll write you, Matt. Thank you. All right, so let's talk about the bullpen. This is Matt's favorite spot on a baseball team. Uh, if Matt could have any wish, he could rub a genie lamp. He would be in a bullpen playing spoons on the top of a uh, uh, a metal rail in a bullpen. I, that's I do not put words in my mouth. That is not what I would wish for. <laughs> would you Would you at least play some of those seed spitting games that they play out there? They play a lot of funny games out there. Uh. Yeah, I don't really like seeds that much, but I guess All right. seeds are kind of a thing. It, it, it's a long, it's a long time to be out there every night, so you got to come up with some stuff. But, but let's talk about how this bullpen is going to shake out. Um, Matt, you are our bullpen expert here. Uh, it is your passion. Mm-hmm. I think it is worth exploring here to figure out if there are any surprises you think could make it onto the uh, bullpen. Uh, in the final roster before the uh, last week of the season here, or for the last week of the regular season. Ah, spring training. Sorry, guys. I'm rusty. <laughs> um, surprises? Yeah. Anybody know. Anybody who you think could sneak their way on and kind of surprise us here? Uh, Aside from Brian, uh, Brian's guy, Bobby Pointer. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be there. Um, Burn, Brian. No, I, I, I agree with Matt at this point. I don't. I think he's probably. Think there is be, any surprise. I think Pointer will be like the, on the bus a lot this year, between Boston and Pawtucket potentially. Yeah, probably. But uh, I mean, Pointer doesn't really pitch much above high A, so I would be surprised if they want to send him right to the majors. He's been filth though. He has did, been. I, he, I like he him a lot. Did he pitch in Double A last year? He did for half the season. He started in high A and then pitched half the year in Portland. Guys, he has a 123 ERA with a .55 whip right now. That's Koji Uihara-esque. Whoa. Let's not let's not throw the Koji comps around so willy-nilly here. <laughs> when you see a, when you see a half of a whip though, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, but he's also old. I mean, just because he's my boy, he's my sweetheart. Um, he's my sweetheart. He uh, <laughs> he. It's, he's a little bit old for a prospect spent half the season in double A. I'm not um, I would not be at all be surprised to see him pitch in the majors this year. Yeah, I, I definitely think he'll be in the majors. I just don't think he'll start the Yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I think Pointer pitches in the majors this year, one hundred percent. I I kinda don't think that there's gonna be anything crazy with the bullpen, but one thing that could throw a wrench into it is this ridiculously slow developing free agent market has made it so Greg Holland is still available at this time. Um, Matt, if they were to make a move for Greg Holland here, 
who do you think is the most likely candidate that he would replace and, and what kind of value would he add to the team? Um, I think, I mean, he would replace Brandon Workman or Robbie Henry? Scott or I don't think so. Henry's out of options, so I okay. think they would keep him. Um, but yeah, he would replace somebody at the end of the bullpen that will come back up at some point. But as far as the value, I think he would be a pretty big boost. Um, I mean, you look at this bullpen, and there is a lot to like when you think about the best-case scenarios of Carson Smith looking like he did a couple years ago and Matt Barnes harnessing his control just a little bit and Joe Kelly being Joe Kelly, who is, I think, kind of a little underrated now. But there's questions with all those guys. And um, having someone like Holland to give them a secure eighth inning option who has proven that he can pitch in the late innings and has proven that he can be consistent in a relief role. They don't have that right now. And if they're this win now team that everybody says they are and Holland's out there, presumably for not nearly as much money as we were expecting at the beginning of the winter, there's no reason they shouldn't at least be exploring the option. He had a ridiculous season last year. Can I just add that he had uh, 70 strikeouts last year, over 57 innings pitched with a 3.61 ERA and a 1.15 WHIP while playing in Colorado. The dude dealt last year. He was awesome. He um, he had like a bad three weeks in August that like totally derailed his ERA, but. Like on August fourth, his ERA was one five six, and then by August twenty sixth, it was four oh five. Um, but if you take away that three way stretch, that three week stretch, which obviously you can't take away everybody's worst stretch, but you know what I mean. He was really good, um, and he proved that he had recovered just fine from that Tommy John. Matt, you know what I was gonna say. So, I was gonna say you can't just take away that stretch. I know, Brian. I'm just saying. <laughs> You can if you're trying to make a point. That's true. I think it would go uh, a long it, way, though, if they did make this move to closing that gap between them and the Yankees, because there is a perceived bullpen gap there. Oh, it's more than perceived. Right. The Yankees' bullpen is stupid. It's I was going to say, if, if it's only perceived, don't worry about it. But yeah. it's, it's not. And also, I, I, if Kimbrough's going to leave, Holland would give them that closer option for next year and let them take the comp pick for Kimbrough. Not that I want to see that happen, but... And make it a little easier. I want to ask you a question, Matt. Do you believe in the concept of the closer? Uh, I don't understand the question. Do I believe that closers exist? Or <laughs> well, should they be, exist? I don't know because, what you're asking. Because what you said was they'd have a closer option. I guess you're just talking on a talent level with Holland. Yeah, I because okay. I think that we kind of take for granted that Smith is going to be that good this year. And I don't think it's nearly as certain as some people are kind of making it out to be. Ah, okay. And then the other thing I wanted to say, and Matt reminded me of this, I uh, I came to this realization yesterday, and this is just because they were talking about Joe Kelly and consuming Joe Kelly content. Is he still blocking you on Twitter, Matt? Uh, wow. Yes, on two different accounts, I am blocked by Joe Kelly. Wow, the over the, over the monster. <laughs> on over the monster and, and your personal account. on my personal. I asked uh, Ben Buchanan, who used to run the account before I took over, if he was blocked before, and he said he didn't know. So I choose to believe 
that Kelly found out that I was taking over the account and immediately went and blocked it. I wouldn't bet against it, and it wouldn't change what I'm about to say, is that I like Joe Kelly now. I like Joe Kelly a whole lot, which makes it even sadder that he blocked me. I think, but I think as a baseball player, I'm very happy that he appears to finally have accepted, I mean, if not, he's not, he doesn't make uh, waves about his role being what it is. He's in the role he was born to be in, and pretty good so uh i just like him now that's it i agree he shouldn't be your second best reliever but he's not on the red sox and he is very good as like a third or fourth option Uh, i totally disagree guys every time i watch joe kelly i feel like i'm shitting bricks well that's because he pitches late innings in close baseball games i do that with craig campbell too even though i know it's probably gonna end up okay I don't know. There, there's just something about him. The the wildness to him, the fact that that fastball comes in flat sometimes and just gets hammered. Do you trust him more or less than Matt Barnes? Honestly, if I, if, if I had a gun to my head, I would pick Matt Barnes over him in a tight situation. Ooh, it depends. Runners on base or runners not on base? Runners on base. Give me Kelly. What? Give me the ground baller. Okay, okay. Just anecdotally, man, I, I I've just seen him give up a big hit too many times. I mean, we've all. It, my point is sort of, I'm not denying that. I think that I'm just sort of saying, that's a sunk cost if you're talking about Joe Kelly. For what he is, I finally like him. Um, I do not dispute anything you've said. I th- yeah, I think he is a guy who can play a role on a playoff bullpen. And- that's about it. Do you think the Red Sox will try and resign him when his contract's up? Uh, I mean, sure. I don't think they're gonna go nuts, but when is is he a free agent this year? I want to say I think he's he is either this year or next year. I know it's up soon. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they'll at least consider it, but it's not really gonna be a big priority. There's other Joe Kellys in the world. Speaking of other Joe Kellys in the world. Matt, should I be excited about Marcus Walden? No. No? Sorry, Marcus Walden. I'm sure you're a nice guy, but no. Point nine ERA over 10 innings with a point eight whip and 11 strikeouts this spring? He's been yeah. dealing. He pitches the 8th or ninth inning of every game when everybody's putting in their minor <laughs> league players. Like, Mar- Marcus Walden plays a role in an organization. He is going to be in Pawtucket, and he'll pitch out of the bullpen if they need him to. He'll pitch in the rotation if they need him to. He is a body to put on your AAA roster to make sure that you're not overworking everybody else. That is a valuable piece, but is not someone to be excited about. So he's no Jordan Walden. Oh, Jordan Walden was pretty sick, wasn't he? Jordan Walden was sick when he could control his fastball and where it was going. That guy could be wild as hell, though. I wonder if they're related. But no, he's no Jordan Walden. Brian, are you excited about Is that about the guy you were going to ask me about earlier? Yeah, that's him. I'm really disappointed that that's who it was. I'm totally lost, Jake, so <laughs> I don't even – I can't participate. Okay. Well, moving on then. We, we, we assume that the bullpen is going to shake out just how we think uh, unless Greg Holland is actually uh, moved there. Is, is it 
do, do you want to do a little recap? Like, how do you think this thing is actually going to shake out? Who, who are lefties going to be? Who are the righties going to be, Matt? Uh, so I think it's probably going to be uh, Kimbrell, Barnes, Smith, Kelly, Hembry, Scott, and then Workman or uh, El- Elias. I don't know. I That last spot I'm kind of torn on. But I think Scott's going to make it for sure. So you think there is a potential for two lefties there? I do. Um, for a little bit at least. I think I think it'll be Elias, Elias, um, just because he can kind of be a long man, especially mm-hmm. if you have Johnson and Velasquez in your rotation to start the year. You kind of want that guy to go, who can go four or five innings if you need it. So I think that might give him an edge. Brian, how do you feel about it? how Matt feels about it out of convenience. And I, no, I just, I, I don't have um, much to add. It, it's not uh, baseball season yet. So I can't care about the, middle, the sixth, seventh inning. Once, yeah. one, once that starts, then I'll care. Absolutely. It, it's, it's tough when we don't have a ton to talk about, but um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of have a feeling they're going to go with Workman, Workman there if they're given the choice, just because Workman has been a valuable member of the bullpen before. Uh, Elias uh, has struggled at times. Uh, I'm not sure they actually need the second lefty uh, at that point in the season. Uh, I'm just not. I'm just not sure. I would go with Workman personally if I had to make the choice. Yeah, I could see it. Just just to be clear though, I don't think. Um... Elias would have anything to do with being a second lefty. I, like I said, I think it's more that he could be a long relief arm. But right. no, I wouldn't shock me at all if Workman got it over him. All right, so we are going to move on here to the MILB's new extra inning rule, uh, rules for this upcoming season. Um, basically, the rule is this. When the game goes to extra innings, they are going to make an uncharged error, and they're going to put a player on second base automatically. Um, Brian, what do you think about this rule? I think it's not worth getting too worked up over for the sake of having philosophical arguments about the soul of baseball when they already added a pitch clock in the minor leagues and it didn't affect anything. And... Now they're shortening it. Now we'll see if it changes there. Um, I don't follow minor league baseball closely enough to understand the um, competition. As Matt, you are you live in a minor league town and you're a big minor league baseball person. Do these teams really want to win? Like, is it and are the teams at all cohesive throughout the year? Yeah, because, it's uh, it's not the number one priority in the organization, but they definitely want to kind of get you used to winning and get you in a winning culture. So it matters, but not obviously not as much as it does in the majors. Yeah, because I 
you know, long extra inning games are the devil. Um, as much as I love baseball, they they can be the devil. They're not not necessarily the devil. But um, I'm mostly just thinking of the Braves, Astros, NLCS game in 2005, which shows you where my head's at. But I think that game is still going. Um, I don't care until it happens. If they try to do it in the majors, it'll be so many orders of magnitude uh, more important uh, that I don't think that this actually represents a step in that direction, which is why I'm not worried about it. That was a lot of words to say. I don't care. (laughs) It's going to happen in the majors, Brian. I hate to be the one to tell you that, but it's, it's happening. I've been, I've been saying it's not going to happen for a while, but at this point it's happening. I don't think it's going to happen in the 11th inning, um, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know why. So in the minors, I think it's probably a good thing. So you don't have to overwork your pitchers and all that. I get it. Why not just call it a tie after like 11 innings or something? Why do you have to do this stupid gimmick that's just going to start? Every inning's going to start with a bunt in hopes of a sack fly. I, I just don't understand. There's more precedent for ties in baseball than this insane rule. Well, it but just... let me just let me just give a counterexample. Not that I watch or even like college football. Ugh. I know. I, it's like I I don't watch or like it, but their playoff system is just sort of accepted as it's it is just as ridiculous as this, um, if not more so and has become accepted as definitive. So I'm just saying people adapt. Uh, if you think it's going to happen anyway, then I care even less about it happening in the minors because what am I going to do? Stop it? Ah. Well, no. No, but you're allowed to be mad online about it, and that's all I'm doing. I, I just I think just call it a tie. That's all. No, if the Mad really... Online thing this week was the, the service time stuff again. This is service time Mad Online special. Well, that's uh, perpetual, but... No, but right now, when all the teams are making their fake excuses to send the guys down, this is when, like, the... the yeah, what did uh, the Braves say? It was a philosophical choice. Yeah. Wait, you don't think they should have sent the Kuna down? Uh, you don't I think that was a hadn't. baseball move? <laughs> <sighs> Okay, I'm, I don't. I won't want to get Matt riled up right now. I'm already all riled up. I'm hooting <laughs> but, and hollering over here, guys. But that, don't, just don't go to Target. Um, the, the <laughs> Acuna, the Acuna thing is, as same with the Chris Bryant thing. I think the Chris Bryant thing broke me because the main difference between Acuna and Chris Bryant. Sorry, this is a tangent. Is that the Braves aren't going to do shit this year? So right. that's not. Whereas the Cubs were very much trying to win the World Series. Um, but the thing is with these guys, like, they're going to get there. So I sort of worry less about them. Um, I hope so. I, I understand why people get worked up uh, at this at this time when it happens. But I'm pretty confident their ability to make money in the next 20 years. The only people that are pumped right now are people that have tickets for the Gwinnett AAA team for the Braves right now. For I doubt it. I doubt it because if they're that big of a fan, they probably want them to play for Atlanta. <sighs> could be, could be. 
But it's a nice day for the family to go out to the minor league ballpark, isn't it, Brian? I just said I don't know. Ask Matt. <laughs> I already got my first Sea Dog tickets of the year. There you go. I'm excited. Um. All right. So, so wait a minute. It just occurred to me, Matt. You used to live in Lowell, right? No, I'm from Haverhill, which is like 20 minutes away from Lowell. So, so I used to go to the Spinners quite a bit. So you're just moving your way up the system. Yeah, exactly. I'll be in Pawtucket soon enough. Didn't uh, Greenville win the championship last year? Uh, they did. Yeah. So that was cool. I mean, it's it's nice to see these guys win at the minor league level. I think it is kind of important in a way. I get the whole thing about winning not being important in the minor leagues because development's the ultimate goal there. But there is something to say about learning to be a good teammate and learning to be around winning situations. And it certainly can't hurt. This it's is definitely uh, important. Teams definitely, I know for a fact that, uh, player development people want their players to be part of winning teams. You don't want to have a top prospect who's always coming up on a team that's like 30 games below 500 because they're just going to be miserable all the time. The uh, J- Jalen Rose, I don't listen to Jalen Rose anymore, which is neither here nor there, but so this story is not new, but he has said that he hates tanking and it's basically for the Herm Edwards reason, which I think is the Herm Edwards quote is the best quote about sports of all time. So you play to win the game. The whole reason we're all here is to win the game. So I understand. I just, there has to be some, you know, there's naturally um, a, there can be a headwind in minor league ball against that because your best player is liable to jump ship. But, uh, not that the Red Sox have a great system right now, so that won't be much of a problem. That's my second favorite NFL coach rant, I think. The Herm what's, Edwards one. What's number Jim, one? They are Jim who Morris. Exactly Jim Mora is number one. No, my favorite is the Mike Singletary. They can't win with them. Can't do it. I think I know that one. It's, it's a little bit lesser known, but... Singletary is just such a frightening human being, too. That Jake's a hipster when it comes to his NFL coach. I was uh, going to say that. Singletary <laughs> was like, he seemed legitimately um, nuts. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that even as an older guy, his players were afraid of him. Is there an NFL coach that's not legitimately nuts? I mean, how do you do that job? No, I, I'm great. I'm solidly grading on that curve. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, let's get on to uh, listener questions here. We have a few that came in. Um, our first one is from Alvaro uh, Sarmiento. Uh, sorry if I butchered your name, um, but maybe I didn't, so Brian can't get on me. Um, he says, why can't we develop homegrown pitchers? How long until Tanner Hoke plays in the bigs? Uh, who wants to take this first? I'll take that first question and uh, say pretty confidently that I don't think any of us really know because if we did we'd probably be working in the Red Sox organization with a decent salary fixing it mm. so that is my answer to the first question Brian? as far as uh, yeah Brian you can answer that I don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> it's a fair question it's a fair it's question, a, it's an it's a fair issue question with... to which I don't have the answer yeah I don't think any of us here have a good answer maybe you do Jake uh, no, I, I mean, I don't. I, I 
I guess uh, I, I feel like the Red Sox probably have some excellent scouts, and I'm not really sure why they can't seem to crack this code. I, I don't know if it's something organizational in their development that you know makes them not able to do this on a regular basis, but it certainly seems like a thing. Uh, it's been a thing for a while, so uh, hopefully they can correct that under Dave Dombrowski. It still hasn't been long enough for us to make that call at this point. Uh, in terms of, I don't know. There were some. Uh, I saw some Jason Groom strikeouts on Twitter that looked pretty delicious. Well, there you <laughs> go. That could be a that could be a win for uh, for Dave Dombrowski there. So hope is hope is not gone. But in terms of how long it takes until Tanner Hoke plays in the big leagues, I'm gonna say at least a year and a half, probably two years. Oh yeah. Oh well. Yeah. If because they're gonna keep him as a starter, I would say at least two years. Um. If they decide to make him into a reliever, he could get super fast track, but I don't know why they would do that just yet. So, yeah, I would say maybe three years even. Mm. Three three seems like a lot with a college arm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Matt thinks Bobby Pointer isn't going to be there for another five. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Bobby Pointer is going to make his debut until he's 40. My God! I heard Bobby Pointer just accepted a job at UPS. He is actually walking away from the organization. First of all, that's not funny. Second of all, <laughs> I think I just like Bobby Pointer because his name looks like mine and sounds like mine. Not totally, but each half. Uh, and I picked him in our fantasy league. Um, but I do like him for those reasons. Can you say your name and Bobby Pointer's name back to back ten times fast? Poina, join up, Poina, join up. I'm not going to do it 10 times. <laughs> I was going to say, please don't do this. <laughs> All right, next question here comes from Stone Dread Sox writer, who says to us... Uh, wait, what... wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I didn't write any questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that answers his first question. Um, so his second question is, what is your over-under on Price's strikeouts this year? Uh, Brian, I'm going to go with you first. I mean, it's all... I think let's talk, let's talk strikeouts per nine instead of strikeouts. I think it's a much better way to judge it. I will go. I will go over nine. I will go over one per inning. I think that he's got it in him. Um, I don't know if that's a bold thing to say, and I think that it doesn't matter how many innings he pitches. It won't wax or wane. I think he'll do it. Matt. Um. So can I just say at first, one of my biggest pet peeves when people are asking questions like this is to ask me to give you an over-under. Either ask me for a prediction or give me an over-under to pick. So <laughs> I'm just going to say a prediction. I, I truly despise when people do that. Um, so, yeah, I'll say he's going to strike out 223 batters. Holy shit. Hold so, on. So he's going to be very healthy this year. I believe that with all my heart. Jake, what do you say? Uh, I will say 206 because I also believe he's going to be pretty healthy and pretty damn good this year. Price is right rules, one strikeout. Boom. <laughs> all right. Oh, I, I hope did. someone recorded that. I guess you did. did. You did. <laughs> oh. Um, all right, last question of the night comes to us from Burrito Boy, and he says, talk to talk about the bullpen and which players are on the outside looking in 
on the 25-man roster. Um, I think we mostly covered that, guys. Is there anybody else who you think could be a surprise outside-looking-in guy when the regular season starts? Um, no, but um, has Austin Maddox pitched at all this spring? Have I missed something about Austin Maddox? Uh, let me check. I believe he has pitched Maddox. This this team is this just is... so uh, no, it's so hasn't. condensed that there's so there's so many places on the team that are spoken for. Uh, I just don't get the sense that there are a ton of battles. No, I mean there's one battle, really, between Marrero and Holt. I think that's honestly it. Swihart was part of it, and Jake is very happy to know that he won. Yep, we've uh, wait, we've already did, exchanged wait. calls. Did Blake win or did Jake win? I think they both won. When, when Blake wins, I win. When I win, Blake wins. It's a you know, it's a it's a symbiotic relationship. So when Blake wins, you both win. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Austin Maddox, but I think uh, coming into the spring, he was kind of looked at as a guy who might have had a shot. And I think he had an injury at the very start of spring, and I haven't really heard anything since. But he hasn't pitched, so it kind of sucks. I hope he's back soon. He was exciting at the end of last year. Yeah, Austin Maddox is is a decent little player and definitely someone we hope gets healthy soon. If, if for nothing else, extra organizational depth. That's important, so... Um, with that, guys, I, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us uh, for our last podcast before opening day. So um, we will be with you, obviously, as opening day comes and then every week after that. If you enjoyed the show, please go on to iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We have also submitted to Spotify, so hopefully we will hear from them as well. Uh, and uh, you can find us there, rate and review us. Follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Joiner, Brian with a Y. Uh, Joiner with an I. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt R Y Collins, and you can follow myself on Twitter at, at Deb Jake. And we will be tweeting incessantly about the Red Sox this year uh, and probably some other stuff. So, uh, thank you very much for being with us, and uh, we'll be with you next time. Thanks.